Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, you are listening to the Dabblers Book Club podcast with me, Hadja. And me, Curtis. And this is the podcast for people who have never read Chaucer and probably never will, which we realise is probably underestimating our listenership somewhat. What we mean is we have never read Chaucer and probably probably never never will. will. (laughs) Because we're lazy and uneducated. Ah, Monday night. Monday night I've got my chamomile tea that you've just brought me. I've got an English breakfast tea with a bit of honey in it and I've almost finished it while we set the mics up. Whereas I am on my first sip because you... Can finish a whole cup of tea in about three minutes, and I. You don't finish tea. No, I do not finish tea. No. <laughs> cool. Um, very excited about this week's book. Yes. So, where the crawdads sing, it's by Delia Owens, who is a sort of scientist, naturalist, knows everything about wildlife. Um, lived in, I believe it was Zimbabwe. Um, I do believe this is her debut. Uh, I think it is. I just Wikipedia it in before her, we press play. <laughs> she's in her 50s, 60s She, she was or born something. in 1949 and this is Great. her debut. So that novel. is a year younger than Prince Charles. Don't wow. know why I knew that. And he's about a thousand. <laughs> so the reason why this is such a smash, um, I mean, it's obviously New York Times bestseller. I think it's been on the bestseller list for ages, number one for ages as well. Something like two million copies sold, which is crazy. Um, and also Reese Witherspoon put it on her book club and uh, is producing the film. So it's just been absolutely... So it's going to be a film. It's absolutely hmm. huge, this thing. Has it been out long? Oh, I think, yeah, last year I think it came okay. out. Um, See, this podcast is doing wonders because I just... I, I'd never really read contemporary books and yeah. this is dragging me kicking and screaming into the Waterstones <laughs> top ten. 2018, it was published in the US and it was published last year by Corsair. Um, yeah, so 2019 in the UK. What did you think? Yeah, very good. Yeah. Very, <laughs> very really good. Was, yeah, um, I, I'm enjoying, in fact, not just this book, but in general, the, the, the sort of... Um, just the new this new type of reading I'm doing. I mean, it's a lot of female characters more than ever. I guess you've read. Yeah, and and female writers. Yeah. Um, so that's all new for me. Um, I think it's really good. I think it's 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 important to read stuff that's outside of your comfort zone. Um, yeah, really enjoyed this. Quick synopsis. Yes. So Off the top of our heads. Uh, we do put the synopses on the website dabblersbookclub.com in case we forget to mention actually what the book's about. Um, I will just read the blurb because it's a little bit easier. For years, rumours of the Marsh Girl have haunted Barclay Cove, a quiet town on the North Carolina coast. So, in late 1969, when handsome Chase Andrews is found dead, the locals immediately suspect Kia Clark. Kaya Clark, you say, don't I you? I think she's Kaya. Kaya. Okay. Yeah. I always thought Kia. I could Clark, be wrong. I don't know. <laughs> like a, the car. Isn't it crazy? The whole protagonist, and I've not got her name clear in my head you can you can read a book and i think there's sometimes with the older dickens stuff i read you kind of go like your brain just makes up a symbol for that character and that's fine 
But Kia, Kaya, is not what they say. Sensitive and intelligent, she has survived for years alone in the marsh that she calls home, finding friends in the gulls and lessons in the sand. Then the time comes when she yearns to be touched and loved. When two young men from town become intrigued by her wild beauty, Kia opens herself to a new life until the unthinkable happens. Hmm. Hmm. So, um... How little did you feel the the blurb represented the book? I didn't even read the blurb. So it talks about rumours of the Marsh Girl. Mm-hmm. But the, that blurb kind of annoyed me because it sets it starts off from a very external point of view, but we actually start... I mean, there's one page about the crime they're solving, but we start off with her yeah. world, don't we? We start very internally you're with, with this her mar- for the well, you're whole with journey. The marsh girl. She's so never... I was almost expecting it to be this external kind of... Um, oh, like decoding the, a mystery. Yeah, yeah, about the Marsh Girl. And actually, oh no, we're with the Marsh Girl straight her, away. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's, I agree. It's just a minor when you thing. when you read it just now, I, I was like, oh, that's not how yeah, the it book didn't plays, feel like actually. the book. Um, what was it? It was a strange thing. Yeah. Um, so, starting with the Marsh Girl or Kaya Kia, whatever we're going to call her, should've let's just accept up. we're going to be inconsistent. Know, she was Kaya found, the whole time. Found an interview with her, so to see what she. Um, Amazing character, I thought. So good. Incredible journey. So starts with her. Um, and it's probably hard for us as English people to imagine, but they clearly live outside of a town, mm-hmm. almost outside of boundaries. And you, like, you, almost like squatters, this family, yeah. but then legitimately like in a house. That they've owned and that has been in the family for generations. Um, yeah. And is like on the edge of a swamp, but by the sea. And yeah. it sort of sounds Marshall, all at the yeah. same time, squalor, but in a just beautiful setting. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. set so nicely. It, I mean, so we start off with... Uh, the protagonist, who is six years old when her mum leaves, and I suppose you'd call that the inciting event, because mm-hmm. um, she is suddenly left by herself. Um, well, no, her mother leaves, and then one by one her siblings leave, and she's left with her father, and then one day her father leaves. And I, I don't know where to start. There's so much to unpack. There are, there are so many beautiful moments in this mm. book. It, it's, it's full of everything. I mean, firstly, she's done a obviously very clever thing by setting it with a murder, so that keeps you wanting to know... Mm-hmm who killed Chase Andrews. But, oh my God, it goes into the tender moments she has with her father, who's awful, mm. alcoholic and violent. Scary, and her, scary, scary, horrible yeah, man. guy. I, I actually think, <sighs> before you even... Because obviously, yeah, there is the murder mystery, but before any of that kicks off, it discusses it throughout. It keeps flashing back to the murder thing. Yeah. But, but if you just... So, yeah, it's set over two, at two different times. So it's, yeah, between early 1950s and late 1960s. Yeah. It switches back and forth between those two. Yeah. And, um, and before you even get into, you know, what she may or may not have done with regards to the murder case, when she's just a little girl that's been abandoned in the marsh, living outside of society... You talked about beautiful moments. There's that bit where the chapter ends and she's looking at a seagull and she she, she just goes, it's my birthday. Oh, God. Yeah, oh. I was like, oh, 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 oh. oh. I think I was on, was I on a bus when I read that? Like, oh, you know, had to sort of keep myself in check. Honestly, um, I don't know how to unpack this book. There is so much in there. There are some things that I picked out as being not the best uh, you know, inverted commas writing. There are some things where, like, point of view shifts, and I would say the dialogue can be a little. It almost felt like paraphrased dialogue rather than genuine dialogue for a few. Yeah, I can see that um, for a few sections. But it, none of it mattered. There was such a sense of tone, and I think the tone was so clear, wasn't it? It was mm. being with this little girl who has to be self-sufficient, grappling with 
the gut-wrenching abandonment of her mother and then years later realising why her mother left and finally being mm. reunited with, I think, one sibling. And then... Jody, Jody, The, the yes, brother who the was brother. the last sibling to leave. Yeah. Who you actually got a bit of setting with. That really upset me when Jody left her, when she was the just... The second time or the first time? The, the first oh, time, yeah. when she's like a really little girl. Mm. And it's... Jody leaves, and I think he's like becoming a man. I, I think yeah. he's supposed to be about sixteen when he, he leaves. He goes to the army, doesn't he, or something like that. Something yeah. like that, and and you can tell he's the older brother, the only sort of line of protection with that crazy dad. Mm-hmm. But the crazy dad in the end leaves Jody to yeah. leave, and actually, leaves, and he obviously comes here. back later. Yeah, really, really regretting it, but at the time going, oh, you dick. Like really? I, I imagine so myself. I just thought he was too young to, you know. To he probably was, but I remember just like being a big brother to my little sisters. Not that I had to protect them from anything, yeah. but like I just, you, oh, I just was like, oh no, you can't leave now. And he did, but obviously that's what sets up the, you know. Yeah, and it's thing. responsibility that makes you need to leave and your own trauma and all that sort of thing. It's like you, you say you'd be there for your sisters, but if you're a child, mm. you have all that pressure, and that's what you don't know you can cope under, or one one doesn't know that they can cope under that. Yeah until they put in a thing and you're still developing at that age and all that um oh my god it so first you've got the whole aspect of nature going on there all these parallels with wildlife and human nature and what the males of the species do and mm. the deceit that's involved there and um i really enjoyed her connection with the marsh and mm-hmm. nature that obviously one day led to her career where she you know because she was illiterate, yeah, wasn't she? She yeah. was illiterate for years, but she just got this amazing connection with the, you know, the, the trees and the critters yeah. and everything that we don't get as people that live in towns and cities. Um, it was really believable. It was great. It was like, have you seen Avatar? <laughs> Maybe I'm really underselling it. <laughs> yeah, please, please show me how <laughs> no, where the crawdads sing. No, uh... <laughs> well, in Avatar, the blue people are like really connected with the world around them. Yeah, and they like their hair connects to the trees, and they're just they're at one with nature in a way that no one else. And then humans come <laughs> in and like fuck it all up. Okay, bad comparison, no, it's but fine. still, like, um, you know. <laughs> there's something in that. <laughs> um, yeah, so we've got the nature. I mean. If you were reading a book like this by any other author, well, I suppose, you know, you know that Delia Owen straight away is a specialist in this area. So it's so amazing just trusting that, OK, well, this stuff is true. She could have thrown so many lies in there about what wildlife and nature is like and stuff. But you go, cool, mm. yeah, you actually feel like you're learning some stuff as well. Not that I've remembered any of it. It's crazy. It's a whole new world to me. I've got no idea about nature, biology, study of animals, anything like that. She is the co-founder of the Owens Foundation for Wildlife Conservation. So and, she and knows cool, her shit. Well, how cool to read a bit of fiction where someone, an expert in that field, has articulated it in the fiction. Yeah. See, like, you know how we were speaking in a previous episode about how in so many classic books the protagonist is a writer mm-hmm. to the point where it's annoying. Yeah. I'm, I'm now every time I read a book where it's not, I'm like relieved. And this, I was loving it. I was like, that's great. I, love I mean, I know it. she published books, the protagonist, but. <laughs> no, I, but I love it when you read a book by a specialist who can write rather mm. than a writer who learns a specialism to, yeah. for the purpose of a story. It's like, oh no, this is your world. You know all this stuff. And you've just added these characters in to kind of um, do justice to that world a little bit. I, I love the commentary. That it provides on, um, you know, society and humans and how we interact with each other and survival. I think that's a key, such a key theme that comes out with mm. um, 
with I wish we bloody knew how to pronounce her name with Kia because it's meant to be I Catherine. Think, I think is she's it Kaya. Catherine is her actual yeah, name? Yeah, Catherine's her name when they give it at the end when she's in court. Because I was stuff. thinking as a kid, you go Kia. Oh, I, I thought Kia. <laughs> No, Kaya. You made me second guess myself. I never even um, thought either way. Yes, yeah, survival as a theme. Mm. What do you? Um, any thoughts on that? So, the, obviously, survival is all in the marsh, and then there's the day that they come to get her to make her go to school. Mm-hmm. I mm. love this because I actually thought, okay, here's like the next big, yeah, next chapter, next yeah. chapter of the book. Um, she's going to be at school, sort and of she, Jane Airy kind this of. This is how she, yeah, integrates. This isn't, and actually, she goes to school for one day. It's horrible and anxiety-inducing, as school is for most people. Mm. And she just goes, no, fuck this, and walks home and never goes back. And I loved that. I was like, imagine being so free. I think it was (laughs) – but it was knowing that they would give up on her as well, Mm. which I think was was heartbreaking, actually. Because I don't think it was, no, fuck this. It's like if they had persevered, she would have had to. But they, it just was like, oh, no one cares. Like, literally no one cares. Mm. And people care in a sort of, oh, just check in kind of thing. Mm. But – the system doesn't care about people like that, which no. I think is quite a, an important um, thing to take from it, maybe. Yeah, I think so. A lovely micro detail as well. Mm. And I don't know if we want to go skipping to the end. Um, but The I, end. <laughs> well, it. so towards the end, there's she's accused of murder and there's a very big court case. Mm. And one of the lovely things that there was a truant officer who initially was the person that came... Um, and made her go to school in the first mm-hmm. place all those years ago. Then years later, when she's an adult and she's um, on trial for murder, the truant officer initially made her go to school. Mm-hmm. And you find out later that there were multiple visits when these truant officers used to go back to go and get her and make her go to school. And she used to hide in the marsh from them. Mm-hmm. She was an expert at hiding. Now, actually, it turns out the truant officer always could see her. Uh-huh. They kind of turned a blind eye while the truant officer's colleague was frantically searching for her. Uh-huh. She used to see her through the window. They used to meet eyes and she used to just pretend, you know, uh-uh. we'll pretend. And then years later in the murder trial, the truant officer is either a juror. Yeah, yeah, a juror. Yeah. And, and in the same way, sort of um, turns a blind eye, like finds a way to turn a blind eye in the, in the trial. So she's like always had her back, but they've never really had a relationship. Yeah, that's interesting. I never really got that. I mean, I know that she said that she might have a conflict and the, the judge ruled that it wouldn't be a conflict or something Yeah, but like then that. there was some, I'm sure there was, I only read it a couple of days ago. <laughs> I'm sure there was something though where she said something which basically was having, having her back. Kaya's back. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I love that. Um, it's just quite a nice moment. There's so, there are so many lovely, tender mm. moments yeah. in there. The moment with her dad on the boat and stuff, and, oh, and yeah. when he was just not as violent and he was okay for a little bit. And mm. yeah, you're just like, oh, what, what you could have, what you, yeah. what you just could almost have. And then realizing that actually, you know, her mum was probably sort of driven mad by this situation and, and having gone against her parents' wishes and married that, you know, the man that you sort of drove her to penury really and mm. um and madness um i mean should we go straight to the the cool bit which is the end <laughs> as well yeah did you did you spoilers did you know she did it i did not but i'm really gullible with things like mm-hmm. this i feel like whenever we read something or if we watch a tv program about 20 minutes before you'll have gone I know it happened like this 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 I'm and really this. annoying to watch anything and I, I was like well I didn't get that at all but I think I'm a sucker for like I just believe the the red herrings yeah, and the yeah, yeah. so yeah I think um well the one weird thing was 
I, I had no idea how he died because the, there were no tracks or anything. So um, for the listeners, uh, Chase Andrews, who's like the school jock. The popular guy. The popular yeah, guy yeah. who, uh, as she gets older, uh, Kaya does have some romantic involvement with and we'll go into all that later. But anyway, obviously he fucks her over because he's a nasty bastard mm-hmm. ultimately or at least a you yeah, know, bit yeah. of a selfish, weak person. Um, and she... And he does some pretty horrible stuff and she one day seeks revenge on him. Now, we don't know this explicitly, the, but there's a whole like sub-narrative, there's a isn't necklace. there? There's a, a shell necklace that she yeah. made him and the shell necklace isn't on him yeah. when he is found dead. Yeah. Um, and there's... And the trial's really interesting because it's Which, like... Sorry, he it, falls off. He falls backwards off a, like a fire lookout, yes, doesn't he? Yeah, he falls backwards yeah. into the marshland. So, but because of the... Um, the water, the tide. There's no tracks, so there's no yes. footprints. So it means he had to have fallen or been pushed. So obviously they expect that he would have been yeah. pushed. Um, but it sort of it, it it looks like either the perfect murder, which I guess I didn't realize, or or that she's squeaky clean and it wasn't her. And it looks like um, I don't know. It's that classic murder mystery. It takes you on a real ride. It's a very good device to keep you enthralled from the beginning. Really, it's like everyone wants a mystery to figure out. So there's. I mean, I would probably have kept reading had there not been. Mm. If, if there were, I would have just been interested in this girl and what happens to her. I agree. It wasn't actually yeah. needed, but it does add an extra layer of it. But what I love is actually it adds another layer to her character because it is consistent. You know when those boys are being racist and she... And um, she clouts them because they're being and racist. She, and she clouts yeah, them, yeah. yeah. And that shows a girl with a sense of justice and a sense mm. of need for retribution and... And this is the thing. So for me, it wasn't like I was definitely, definitely sure, but I was absolutely not surprised at all. Mm. I was like, cool. There's like the pearl, the the shell necklace was like, yeah, obviously, obviously she's going to have that. But yeah, I, uh, I mean, it couldn't have been any other way. It was a way of showing, yeah, she's a survivor and she did what she needed to do. Mm. And it... It's terrible because until it comes to violence against women, I'm like, no, I don't believe in <laughs> like violently, you know, violent revenge or <laughs> payback. But you know, he tried it on with her um, well, and then was awful to, to her. He sexually assaulted her, didn't he? Yeah, he tried yeah. to rape her and then was abusive. Did he hit her in the face, punch her in the face or something like that? Yeah, yeah, and him. then he was coming for revenge because he didn't get yeah, his way. And that was, like, yeah, so, he, he needed so to go she off was, fire. So she was tower. acting out of defence, you know, yeah. from defence. And and I do love that at the end, is it Tate who's her? Tate is the, the boyfriend. The boy the, she the, should be with yeah, all along yeah. and does end up Tate with. Tate teaches her English, uh, Tate teaches her to read and um, and he's a biologist, yeah. and uh, together they sort of seem to have this quite lovely life. Mm. Um, and then he finds, after she's died, he finds the shell necklace. And I oh, fucking loved that. Yes. I loved it because it just filled in everything. It did. And I don't know. It rounded it off so it nicely. It rounded it off so nicely. And it. I love that, yeah, this is the secret she'll take with her. And that's that's where the sense of this survivalist justice comes in it's like if we were all you know without any laws or whatever and someone's probably going to kill you and had already attacked you like what would you do what what does a survivor do you know um Mm. she's already lived outside the system the system hasn't protected her no so why why should she leave that to chance if the system's not protecting her completely when you think of your you know most basic instincts it's really weird right when you talk about her living outside the system, um, because while 
actually a lot of her life was pretty wretched with, you know, an abusive father and the society not accepting her and therefore, you mm. know, any time she made any attempt to get close to society, she was met with a lot of cruelty. And then Tate hurting her and everything Tate, as well. You know, yeah, Tate goes the off the boil first, and sods yeah. off to uni for a bit, but he does come back. But anyway, despite all the wretchedness, I think... I was reading this. I was so jealous of her life. Yeah. I would just love to live in a house outside of society <laughs> and just like go fishing for my supper. Mm. Um, I, I, I mean, there must be people in the world doing it. Well, there are. Of course, that's a stupid statement. Of course, the, there are people. The problem but... is that is okay until society decides that they get to have a say in what you do. So mm. it's fine to be outside of society, but there's always overlap. And that's where the injustice starts. It's like because you're not living in one system. Mm. You're, you have to live between two. And that's where it becomes really unfair. And that's where she has mm. to take look after herself. Um, yeah. Well, that, do you know what? That was one bit of the plot that I questioned, actually, is... Um, because she may so obviously she got abandoned quite young, but she quickly realised that she would need money to buy food mm-hmm. to keep going. And this is when she's quite a young girl. So she sells like mussels and cockles and stuff yeah. to jump in, who's yeah. a really good friend who we should probably touch on. Yeah. But yeah, and that's and while, you know, you accept it for the sake of it, that was one bit going, could she really sustain herself for that many years as a small child it's really, again, gathering <laughs> mussels every day? But again, I think that's where survival comes in. Um and I think this is a book about survival and instinct and living mm. in the natural world mm-hmm. um people have done that before you know not all orphan six-year-olds died um i mean my sister marched me and my cousins to the local corner shop when we when she was six and uh my, you know like she knew how she she definitely knew how to survive what were your retreat was it a packet of fags for you, you yeah know, a a rel- fags. an older relative or something? <laughs> she wanted to get chocolates it was quite funny, actually, because my mum, uh, we lived in a council house growing up and uh, on the back of an estate as well. And my sister decided to take me and my cousins, the youngest of whom was two, <laughs> to literally just walk us to the um, corner shop, which was about six, seven minute walk away over a big road. Um <laughs> It's like a really shit version of Stand By Me. <laughs> and my, uh, yeah, and my, but apparently my auntie uh, came to pick up the cousins and just saw this. And obviously my mother got a bit of a, my mum who was like, yeah, four feral kids, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> but, you yeah, know, I, I think it's, it is a possible. I mean, there are a lot of, some of the criticism leveled at this is, oh, it wouldn't happen, wouldn't happen. It's like, yeah, most stories wouldn't happen. Like, let's, you've got to have a little bit of a stretch. The whole point of this is a book about, surviving in nature so mm, what mm. are you going to do how are you going to prove that you're not going to have an 18 year old that moves from the city there you know you want you want this real natural thing of this girl yeah. growing up with it all and that and also it makes you positive about natural interest like mm. every child is curious about the world around them yeah we have it beaten out of us or you know directed towards different things we're told actually no you should be interested in this and you won't be interested in it. you know it makes me think a lot of yeah just how we educate children and and how we, um, yeah, really sort of bash out that natural love and curiosity for, for yeah, for the world. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember feeling quite jealous, actually, of, like, my cousin, who's one year younger than me, who actually did have this incredible love for nature. Mm-hmm. And I... I, I just I did, but I didn't. Do you know what I mean? Like, if we were out for a walk with our family and there was a tree... We'd both be like, yeah, let's climb the tree. But he'd be up the yeah. top of this tree at an impossible height within seconds. And I'd be halfway up sort of looking down going, oh, my God. Well, he can go like shooting yeah. for crabs or whatever it is. What do you, what do you call well, it? That, when, like... Oh, he, 
he crabbing. He, yeah, well, crabbing. he, he, he went. Can go he crabbing went crabbing and, and like there was a there was a pond in their garden. Mm-hmm. And I remember we'd like be, you know, kicking a foot around the garden. Then he'd go, oh, the frog's there. And he'd just run over and he'd just like stick his hands in his pond and scoop up the frog. Oh, yeah. this one I called, you know, Jimmy. And he's got, because I know it's because he's got a yellow stripe down his back. And then he puts it back in the pond and he goes, oh, and this one scoops another oh, wow. frog out. You, I wouldn't ever touch a frog. No. I'm like, oh. God. But we're told, it's like <laughs> I think obviously at school and stuff, it's, oh, you know, don't get yourself dirty. Yeah. Because we're yeah. told that. It's a shame, really. Um, we're not all a bit more of... feral like my cousin. Yeah, we should be all <laughs> <laughs> Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Um, there's so much to say about this book and also so little to say like I just loved it it really touched me it's amazing I loved the court case I loved the court case was cool it reminded me of uh, To Kill a Mockingbird really to the point where you know when you hear a really old song and you go oh this song must it was almost modelled on that old song Uh I thought it was so close I was like she must have been inspired by To Kill a Mockingbird just that long drawn out description uh the tension in the courtroom it was so alike mm-hmm. and i don't mean that as an insult like she's copied i mean i think she drew drew inspiration from it well racial tension is a big part of this as huge yeah, so yeah it's um she um, doesn't shy away from it i wasn't actually sure until a few chapters in what race um kia and her family were mm-hmm. i wasn't sure if they were um supposed to be like they're the, white right but the fact that they are close are most accepted by the black community, because obviously her, the, the the closest adults to her are black, and they live in a nearby, um, you know, black district. Mm. They're really great characters, by the way. The kindness they show to her throughout. They um, are. There's something in the. Um, I think there are some comments there about the stereotype of it being, you know, the kind black people yeah, that look yeah. after the and white it... person. Do you know what I mean? It's sort of in the help kind of way. It's. Um, you can yeah. see the inverted commas everywhere, can't you? Yeah. But, um, um, I mean, it's, yeah, I think they're believable characters and, and I love Jumping as a character. Jumping was brilliant. Um, I loved at their shop. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I really, I have a very clear picture of it in my head. I don't know it's how the writer intended it. But so they were like a petrol station that boats could pull up to. Yeah opening out to the sea now yeah. i've never seen one of those i could see exactly what i think it is it's like got the swamp land behind it i thought wow i want to go in a little boat up to a boat well, we're going station. to america so let's uh... oh yeah but but yeah like how cool um and obviously at the end jumping dies and mabel uh jumping's wife tells kaya he always saw, saw you as his own daughter lots and lots of sweet moments i mean i just i raced through the book i really mm. did it wasn't the best fiction writing I've ever read, mm-hmm. but it was just a compelling story. Um, I cared about her. I wanted to know what happened to her, ultimately. You want to know how her life goes. And then, you know, when the the murder thing, you know, when um, the Chase Andrews... I mean, you know Chase right from the beginning is 
yeah. going to be an asshole. Oh, like, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, from when, when he was just a boy on the bike, wasn't he? And, you know, and he's just the bad kid at school and then he's hanging Just the arrogant thing. Girls. It wasn't like he was bad. It was like he was just... He was just arrogant and yeah. selfish and he's two-timing her with, like, the popular girls. Yeah. And you get the... Well, yeah, you get the insight that it, he's been going out of her for bit of a joke bit yeah. of a laugh his mates although then you do see there's the odd scene where it's just him and her and you go oh well maybe he is just welcome to the world of abuse conflicted but yeah he's just it's like a, yeah because you get brought along for the ride you, you sort of read yeah that. It's like, he's oh. just a prick isn't he like so my main thing is i'm really happy she killed him <laughs> i'm really i love how it was done. and she got away I like, with it. I like that tate's found well and the double jeopardy law as well i always thought it was you couldn't be found guilty for the same crime twice the double jeopardy thing reminds me of a film i watched with ashley judd I think years ago where she is framed for murder of her husband by her husband and then she does kill him because she can't be sent to prison again for that which is quite cool yeah so at the end uh, Kaya um, she's living I think think she lives into her 60s with Tate who she was meant to be with all along they live very happily uh, in the house in the marshland um, and she's out on her boat isn't she Um, and Tate looks out and just sees her slumped back and it doesn't actually say what she died of, but you, she just she's gone peacefully, hasn't she? So this is how the book closes. At this point, he's found the necklace, as we said. He realised she did it all along. He's burnt all the evidence. And the book wraps up like... Kai had been of this land and of this water. Now they would take her back, keep her secrets deep. And then the girls came. Seeing him there, they spiralled above his head, calling, calling. As night fell, Tate walked back to the shack. But when he reached the lagoon, he stopped under the deep canopy and watched hundreds of fireflies beckoning far into the dark reaches of the marsh, way out yonder where the crawdads sing. Now, when did I last read a book that the title is the last line? Oh, no. Um, Just, yeah, interesting. Another little cool feature about this book, going right from the back to the front, like how all good fantasy books have. (laughs) Yeah, it's It's got got a map. It's got a little map and... You, you can totally know. I actually had to go back to the map about halfway through because, like, you know, I, I forget. Did you do that too? Yeah. yeah. So I was so interested, first of all, that her shack is there at the bottom of the map. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's drawn so nicely as well, like a little pencil sort of drawing. And then all the way up here, the fire tower where she killed Chase Andrews. Um, there you've got jumping's bait and gas, where's the weird petrol station for boats. This whole. Um, yeah, just line a coastline. Like, I want to visit it in my boat. Mm-hmm. I want to go to where this book was, and mm-hmm. I want to visit this swamp, and I want to see yeah, this is marshland. It, um, does any of that exist? Uh, <laughs> Did any of it Is exist? it North Carolina? Yeah, my, it's North now, Carolina. My American geography is terrible. I couldn't even tell you where that is on the map of America. It's kind um, of east-ish. Okay. Easty, southy, middle, I think. Um, but, yeah, it just sounds like such an awesome world. And I guess, you know, we have some pretty cool, you know... Oh, I could... check me out. Easty, southy, middle-ish. That's exactly where it is. Oh, well done. That's middle. Yeah, east coast. Uh, yeah. Guess where it's north of? Uh, Florida. South Carolina. Oh, South Oh, okay. <laughs> it's been well, Wilmington's there. That's where they bloody... Um, anyway, film Dawson's Creek. Never mind. Should we go to one-star reviews? I think we can do some one-star reviews. some one-star reviews. Have you, have you got them all? So I had a quick look at some earlier today. Um, Context for the first-time listener. We do one-star reviews every week, so no matter how good the book is or isn't, we find that people moaning about it on Amazon are really funny. So There'll always be someone giving it one-star review. I think... Everyone's a critic. Our main point underneath all of this is that I don't believe anything really deserves a one-star review. Don't say... Except, what was it, Catcher in the Rye? 
I've not read Catcher in the Rye. Was it Catch 22? Well, that is an awful book. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it takes a lot to give a book a one star review, but some people find it very, very easy on Amazon. So, one star review. This is a UK reviewer, Eliza, calls it complete claptrap. The story of a six-year-old child left to fend for herself in a Carolina swamp when her stereotype swamp trash liquor slugging, well, okay, liquor slugging purr finally doesn't come home again, we're not told why, hopefully an alligator ate him, is an exercise in cliches. We are asked to believe that this beautiful, natch, sensitive, artistic, blah, blah, little girl raises herself from barefoot illiteracy to womanhood and published fame as a naturalist with three self-illustrated books on marshland. You're sounding bitter, my love, here. I mean, you're also writing a really good synopsis. Yeah, yeah, doing a better yeah, yeah. job than us. Um, <laughs> she is taught to read and overnight to abandon her swamp at Patois for highbrow English by, gosh, a boy who falls... I mean, I'm a feminist, but this looks like someone who's really looking for the boo men angle. <laughs> and um, it's in there. <laughs> it's in there. Uh, it is usually in there, but not with Tate. Um, said boy, having achieved this Pygmalion-like transformation, then departs to do his own high-class degree, promising blah, 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 blah. Oh, I, it's, it, this is a really bloody long review it's for one star. Bored of it. Anyway, it gave us a good... I give this review, like, zero stars. Yeah. I have no doubt that Delia Owens is an excellent naturalist and e- ecologist and an asset to her field, but as a novelist, she doesn't cut it. Don't waste your money on this book. Oh, my God. Right. Get out of Get town. out. Or was that Eliza from the UK via Albuquerque? Liquor slugging. Liquor slugging, pa. Yeah, no, get out. Um, Next. I don't know. It will, it's just to say it's a load of cliches. I mean, stories are. Every story has been done before. Very, very few stories have not been done in some way, shape or form before. I was listening to um, Liz Gilbert on the Mary Folio podcast. Good podcast, by the way. Um, and obviously everyone loves, well, I love it, Liz Gilbert. Um, and she was right. talking about just write anyway, because, yeah, your story's been done before. Who cares? Mm. Write it anyway. Boy Meets Girl, that's been done before. Mm. Someone Learning to Read, that's been done before. The, the thing with this that makes it new for our modern age, I suppose, or, you know, maybe even just the last few years, is that it's set in this marshland and it's got this amazing angle. It's marvellously unique. Yeah, it really is. And you almost need the boy meets girl, boy breaks girl's heart kind of elements and the successful author thing to give it a plot. Like, yeah, it's, it's something to hang the rest of it on. So just to play devil's advocate, I could have done without her being a successful author. Uh-huh. But then again, where does she make her money remotely? It's quite a unique situation. Yeah. And also just define um, success. Do you know what I mean? It's not like... Yeah, she became plen- a moneyed uh, or monetized. Plenty of people make money yeah. from an art without being sort of globally recognised. Yeah. Um, she was content and self-sufficient. And yeah. I, I loved it when she marched up to whatever, City Hall or whatever, to get um, the deeds to the house to prove that it was hers. To mm. sort of, and I I loved that bit. That was quite... Just this self-sufficient woman. And also, why wouldn't she have been? Because mm. she'd had to be from from a young age. Well, I'm glad the first uh, one-star review sufficiently pissed us off. Yeah. <laughs> um, Doc, Hol- Doc Holden, all one word, says, too unrealistic to enjoy. Very disappointed in this book after reading all the hype about it. While the reading is good, the story is so nonsensical. Six-year-old left alone in a shack race herself, living in the same shack, using the same boat, and no one lifts a hand to help her. In more than 20 years, the boat never breaks down, the house doesn't need repairs, and she's able to wear the same clothes for many years. Oh, oh give yourself uh, a objection. break. Objection. At one point, she, when she first gets some money, she gets a load of repairs she, done on the house, and she gets a proper bathtub. So, yeah, Doc Holden. <laughs> Um, she has sex with a philanderer but never gets a VD. <laughs> that's, that's a good one-star review. Um, no flu, cold, nothing. I mean, it's not giving every single page, like every single day of her life. 
I hate it. Oh, they don't mention this. They, right. they literally didn't mention when she went for a shit either. But like, what do you want to do? It's the equivalent equivalent on Twitter of when somebody says, um, "What about her?" The what? Yeah, what about her? Yeah. yeah, that's better than me giving an example, isn't when, it? When when just... someone posted, "Oh, if you've got a pound, buy yourself some daffodils," and then someone said, "Oh, you could give it to charity." It's like, oh, just yeah, yeah. just yeah, have a day off. Um, Don Mayers says, "Did I read the same book as others?" About half this book was good, beautifully written. If half of it is good, why are you giving it one star? Again, beautifully written at times and with an interesting, plausible story. But wait, the gaps. Maybe less time talking about Kia fumbling around with sex. With sex. Fumbling around with sex. Uh, Fumbling around with sex with Chase and more time on her development as a renowned author and painter would have been nice. I want her to be something different. So while that is tosh, again, I will play devil's advocate and yeah. go, one of the things that does sidetrack from the book for me is there are there are some, like, they're not sex scenes. They're like, you know, her first experiences yeah, of, it's coming of age closeness stuff. and that. And I think there's two or three of them. I'm actually, I remember when I was reading one of them, I was going, okay, we're here again where yeah. and she felt his breath on her neck or whatever. And that's yeah. stuff. Is, that stuff's yeah, fine. But I remember thinking from an editorial standpoint, I was like, okay, I could have done with one less of these scenes. Yeah, yeah. But that's being super picky, like super, super picky. Yeah, I guess you're right there. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's coming of age, so you need that stuff in there. But yeah, possibly maybe one too many. Um, <laughs> Lou says, most irritating book I've read in a long time. I was sure I would like this book and actually finished it. I grew more irritated with each page by the last half. I grew up in coastal North Carolina and was born in the 40s. Okay, so it would be the same age as the main characters. It was clear that the author did not do her research about the area and about what would be plausible at the time of the story. When she mentioned real towns, she should have known Asheville would not be the destination city from the coast, especially in the 60s. Ma's old cardboard suitcase that had been in the closet in the marsh for 19 years would be covered in mildew. Fireflies would have been called lightning bugs. No boy in a small town in NC would have been named either Tate or Chase in 40s. More recent popular names. I could go on. I mean, wow. These are tiny little things that that this person didn't experience in their life. Nitpicking to say the least. Oh, my God. And I was born in North Carolina. It's a pretty big state. I bet there was one Tate. I bet there was a Tate in the the whole of North Carolina. Yeah. I love when people just... I mean, to uh, be fair, she's qualified to have some sort of opinion. But you go, my God, those complaints are niche. Yeah, I thought it would be like a really big deal, but it wasn't. It was like, it's basically, well, I grew up and I didn't do that. I'm like, good. At some point soon, I'm going to read uh, that first Alan Moore book. There's His first one is set in Northampton, which is where Mm. he's from, which is near where I'm from. Um, And I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do the same level of nitpicking. Jan says, almost wonderful. Almost wonderful, but one star. The base story, I don't understand it. How co- Maybe it's an accident. Let's have a look. The base storyline for this book, girl grows up in swamp, has few friends, becomes an expert on swamp life, lives a productive, unusual life, is strong and would have been a fine story. But somewhere along the way, the writer decided the story needed more, I guess, and added what was for me a story killer. Do a rewrite and take out Chase Andrews. You hear that, Owens? Are you listening? Are you listening? He doesn't need to be there and Kia gets to remain a remarkable woman instead of what she actually ends up being. We've both said that we don't need the murder or the chase storyline. No. But it I like would it. I think we said it would have definitely stood strong without yeah. it. But um, I like the fact that she goes to her grave with this secret. Yes, brilliant. And that her husband doesn't get that close to her until she's dead. Like he doesn't know this fundamental thing about her until she's dead. I fucking love that. Yeah, I think it's great. I can't uh, wait until you find my box of 
you know, murder, murdered. murder evidence. <laughs> yeah. I'll go first, so don't worry. <laughs> murder trinkets. And I won't be so clever as to cover up my murder trophies. Out so, there. but but um, yeah, no, I have yeah, I I have nothing to add. <laughs> um, okay, Viking says pathetic verse and worse. Where the Crawdads Sing has an enticing title. Unfortunately, it's the best thing about the book. The natural science of which there is too much may be accurate. I cannot tell. The rest of the book is bad beyond belief. The plot is rickety. The characters are barely one-dimensional. The prose is sugary and sickening. Truly dire poems dropped haphazardly into the text. Um, yep. Could have done without the poems. Interesting. Yep. The Hobbit has the same thing. They keep singing. You like, But they're her poems. Yeah, I respect it. I just, I, I, as a I reader, quite, I glazed over them. See, I liked the poems. Um, I yeah, I was a little bit confused by them as I was going through, but some of them were beautiful. And then I thought it was gorgeous to know that they were actually by her, and she had this, you know, alter ego poet. I love. Yeah, that. that was awesome. Okay, so that which makes them all necessary. Yeah, I forgot <laughs> at the end. You realise all along she she had she a um, nom de plume, is nom it? De plume. Where, and uh, mm. and she had been secretly also doing poetry on yeah. the side. Um, I quite. It was more it. from a reader's perspective when there's random poems just dispersed. I do find poems can be quite distracting sometimes when you're reading a novel because you don't want to get away from the plot. But that's what I I did like that it gave you this pause as well and yeah uh, fine fine yeah I, I found it just quite a beautiful book to read again it's one of these ones i raced through but i could take my time over each line i loved i loved it so much it was quite a peaceful mm, read it was a peaceful it? Read. Yeah, very very cozy and viking goes on to say perhaps one can fool most of the people all the time this is said to be the author's first novel i mean I believe you can find that out. On the evidence of this trash, she would be well advised not to think about a second. Yeah, you know what? When you've sold two million novels, don't don't bother. I mean, I like... Listen to Viking. <laughs> I like that Viking says there's too much science in the book. Too much science. Too much science. <laughs> never, never did us any harm. You know We were what? drinking out of tusks. To be fair to of, them, no. to be fair to them, there were some parts where I was like, yeah, cool, back to the plot now. But I still love okay, it. Okay, yeah. Like, we're, we're actually seeing a lot of... Um, we're giving benefit of the doubt to a lot of these one-star loads, reviews. But that's the thing, because there is loads... There's loads of technical things you could change about this book. And that's the thing. It's not the finest piece of writing, but it is, it's good enough to tell the story of this girl, to give you a sense of that world, to give you, to give you pause over relationships and family and nature and society and how we all interact with each other and justice as well. Mm. And it does all of that. And for me, it doesn't... I can forgive every single little thing that could have been slightly different. I think that's what's great about some incredible books is that mm -hmm. you could sit down and change all these bits and bobs, but actually the heart and soul of the book needs all of those flaws. Perfectly imperfect. Sense. Yeah. I think you've put that really, really quite well. Thank you very much, Curtis. Yeah. I said it myself. You're welcome, Hadja. <laughs> CBH 71 pages missing. Eight pages of chapters 33 and 34 completely missing. I mean... there's always, Isn't it funny? There's always some people in these reviews that are moaning about the condition of the book, which I guess is probably what Amazon's well, for. But I mean, <laughs> just... yeah, it's, it's a funny thing. They should have two separate categories. Yeah. Um, Arlene, where is the book? Five question marks. I ordered this book on June 9th and it has not been delivered to my Kindle yet. Have a care and do not leave a one-star review because you ain't got the book. The next person is called Sukip. It's an S-U-K-I-P. Oh, that's amazing. That's a great name. Inability to cancel. I want to cancel this, but can't. Maybe she read the 2% reviews that were one star. I was like, nope, don't want to risk this. Right. Sue Kip's read enough. Right. The last review we'll go for is, oh, this is interesting. Imrahil, but it could be I'm Rahil. 
Anyway, um, (laughs) don't think it's my sister. The worst great book I have ever read. It's a lesson I still haven't. Yes. (laughs) It's a lesson I still haven't. You were saying? That's like Michael Scott. Oh, how the turntables have... Yes. Anyway, a book with great hype does not make a great book. Crawl Dads is the perfect example. 17,000 plus reviews on Amazon.com, a rating of 4.8. It has to be an excellent book. Surely, no. This is a poor book, flimsily constructed with weak characters and an implausible plot. Although targeted at adults, it's basically a young adult coming-of-age romance with only three characters. Kaya, a girl who at six years old is abandoned by her mother and then a few years later by her father too and therefore has to fend for herself in the swamps of North Carolina. Tate, perfect body, dark hair, whatever. Um, Three characters, I'm already going. Kaya, mum, dad, Geordie, Chase, Tate... Tate's dad, Chase's <laughs> mum, the two, the police officer, the investigator, Jumpin', Jumpin's same. wife. The book is also totally unbelievable. Tate teaches Kaya English when she's 14 years old. A few years later, Kaya walks into the town library and asks for the principles of organic chemistry by Geisman, invertebrate zoology of the coastal marsh by Jones and fundamentals of ecology by Odom. She then writes and has accepted for publication a scientific paper. This is not only implausible, but a huge insult to researchers who have had to study hard for years to achieve the same goal. You know, I think researchers would be reading this and just feeling insulted. I think they'd just be so upset that a make-believe character has been able to um, learn English and, uh, and get a career. Hmm. Insult. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> Moreover, she lives by herself in the swamp but never gets ill, never suffers from malnutrition, her boat never breaks down. Okay, fair enough. The dialogue is trite and simplistic. Finally, the minor characters are so weakly drawn as to be invisible. So we have cops who, surprise, surprise, like eating donuts and a cliche spewing wise African-American woman. I could go on, but I've wasted enough time reading this thing. Thankfully, I gave up after 51%. Um, no, cliches were, like as we've said, like in some places they, they'd sort of dug into yeah. stereotypes a little bit. But, you know, not, not oh, criminally so. it's just nice to let yourself enjoy a book, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Just like, yeah, things aren't perfect, but you're going to die. Enjoy it or put it down. You don't need to leave an Amazon review all the time. Um, but if they them. didn't, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we would have nothing. So I suppose we should uh, wrap up and give some sort of verdict, give some sort of score. This stayed with me, again, just thinking about her guilt at the end and how she kept that with her and surviving and the peace she found. I loved it so much. Um, I'm going to give it an 8.5. Cool. Um, equally loved it. Like I said, in some strange way, a really peaceful read. I felt mm. peaceful reading this book. Kaya was a magnificent uh, main character. She was so strong in her vulnerability yeah amazing i I would give it an eight really really super strong you gave it an 8.5 so 8.5 i'll go with you on an 8.5 yes we're not keeping a a chart of these yeah but um yes where the crawdads sing delia owens loved it loved it 8.5 um what are we gonna do next week next time we are talking about tender is the flesh by agustina basterica which uh, is recently been published by Pushkin Press. And yeah, it's 200 pages, so hopefully it won't take us that long. We'll fly through. I, I already, I'm excited by the title. <laughs> it's all about human, it's all about cannibalism and 
eating human flesh. Even better. Sounds Sounds, great. sounds good. Sounds good. Thank you ever so much for listening. We hope you uh, had read uh, Crawl Dads before you listened to us because uh, there's a... Uh, found out she murdered him all along. <laughs> it, was, it was her. I uh, hope you'll join us for next time. In the meantime, do say hello on Twitter. We are at Dabblers Books or email us Hadger or Curtis at dabblersbookclub.com. All the information you need about the books is on our website, dabblersbookclub.com. Cool. Let's go. Thanks very much. See you soon. Bye.